Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome everyone to episode number 101 from Delving into Islam podcast. This is your host, Wa'il, and it is a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and a privilege that I'm able to talk to you about the religion of Islam and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is allowing me to share my knowledge with you. Thank you so much for listening and participating and sending in all your questions and suggestions. And speaking of which, if you have any questions or suggestions, please email me at delvingintoislam at gmail.com. Again, delvingintoislam at gmail.com, and I will get back to you as soon as possible, inshallah. Uh, now, this, this podcast is for anyone, actually. You know, if you're remotely curious about the religion of Islam, or if you're thinking about becoming a Muslim, or if you just became a Muslim, you know, if you're a new revert or a new convert, or if you've been a Muslim, you know, all of your life and just want to learn more about Islam, this podcast is for you, inshallah. Uh, now, with that being said, let's get right into today's topic. And today's topic, we are continuing, you know, in our jinn series. Uh, we talked about, you know, what are the jinn and what are they made of and, and all these things and how they... And again, it was an introduction kind of uh, uh, form, uh, how they interact with certain humans and all these things and, you know, what should we say before we eat and, and all these things. It was just an introduction. If you guys, you know, missed uh, the first episode of the series, uh, please go back to the previous episode, episode number 100, and, you know, listen to it and you'll get, inshallah, all that, you know, you'll hear all what you need to hear about that. Uh, now, today we want to talk about the, 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 the types of, of, of the jinn uh, because they're unlike us. Like for us, we have you know, we're humans. In the sight of Allah, we're not divided into categories. We're humans, and what separates us in the sight of Allah is our deeds. Good deeds, bad deeds. That's how we are categorized: good, bad, evil. You know, uh, ultra good. You know, the the the. The righteous and the pious, and so that's what separates us, you know. And the best of you is the one who fears Allah the most, and who has, you know, conscious of Allah the most, uh, and that's what separates us, you know, from one another. But the jinn, they have ranks and they have categories. They have, yeah, categories, class, classifications, if you want to say. So, for example, we have a type of jinn. That live in they live in in our homes, what's called jinn amr, jinn amr, jinn amr. Basically, the home dwellers. If you want to call them in in English, they are the dwellers. They dwell in our homes. They live in our homes. They eat our food. They sleep in our beds. Yes, and every single home has that type of jinn. Again, this is not meant to freak people out, but in your home. There is jinn. There's no denying this. This, this, it's a category of the jinn, um, and, and and you know they eat with you, they drink with you, they even and we'll we'll again we're gonna talk in a lot of detail about it. they could get intimate with your spouse if they were bad jinn, you know. And now the jinn amir or the dwellers. We don't now. You'll never know if they're good jinn or not, because they could be anyone. You know, they, they, you could have a Muslim jinn living in your house. You could have a non-Muslim jinn, a Christian jinn, or you know, a, a, a disbeliever jinn, which is in that case, you know, uh, a, a shaitan, a devil. 
um, and you can have them living in your house. Now, they are separate from the ones who follow us. Everyone has a qareen. A qareen is a companion from the jinn. And that's, that's again, I want to get to the individual category yet. But let's, let's focus on the dwellers now. So that type of jinn, they live in our homes. Um, like I said, they could be Muslims, lucky you, or not. Now, what are the rules here? You don't want... Like if they were, I don't know, we'll talk about if they're good jinn, then there's nothing there, there's nothing for you to worry about, you know. Like I, and we talked about that. Like you know, if you eat, if you eat and you say Bismillah, there's nothing for you to worry about. The good jinn will eat, but if you don't say Bismillah, then the evil jinn will eat. And that's that's let's talk about that now. Before you eat, you should say Bismillah by the name of Allah, because if the jinn who live in your house are evil. The, the, the dwellers in your house Disbelievers in Allah They'll eat from your food You won't see it happening It happens in a way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Only can you know uh, manage But they will be eating Rest assured If you don't say Bismillah Shaitan The devil eats with you The, the evil jinn eat with you So you say Bismillah Before you enter actually your house you want to prevent evil jinn from coming into your house? Because you could have a lot of jinn, not just one family. You can have a lot coming into your house. The fastest way to have a lot of evil jinn come into your house is to not say Bismillah before you enter your house. Because when you don't say Bismillah, guess what? And this is an authentic hadith. They say, their leader, the evil leader, they looks at them and they say, we have a house to sleep in tonight. And they all come in, the family, whatever. Yes, that happens. So when you say Bismillah, the evil jinn cannot pass through the door. Even if the door is open, even if the windows are open. It's like, because the, the Prophet said in a hadith, the jinn cannot open doors, they cannot open windows. They're, they're not, they don't have that ability. So if your house is open, and you walk into your house and you say Bismillah, there will be an invisible barrier. Only they can see. They cannot cross it. So it's up to you. See, you control everything by mentioning Allah. You know, for those who are freaked out by jinn, don't seek Allah's protection. Allah is the... By the way, me telling you this information, now if it's new to you, if, if what I'm saying is, is news to you, and you've never knew that you know we have jinn living in our homes... Guess what? They've been living since you've ever had a home. They've been living there. They've been living with, with, with you. They've been living you know, with your parents before you. They've been living there. There was nothing crazy. Like you just, you just know about it now. Now the ultimate protector is who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay. How do you seek Allah's protection? By mentioning Him. Remembering Allah's name. Bismillah before you eat. Bismillah before you walk into your house. Bismillah before you drink. Another thing, they could when they see you naked, they could see you naked. And by the way, jinn could get, and, and that leads us to the possession uh, topic, which I don't want to cover now because it's a long topic. But one of the things that lead to possession is that actually jinn could be attracted to you physically. So when you get out of your you know, shower naked, walking around in your house, thinking that you're alone. You're not. 
So say Bismillah when you take off before while you're taking off your clothes or right before you take off your clothes, say Bismillah. Allah will actually put a barrier. They will won't be able to see you naked, basically. These are not fairy tales, my dear brothers and sisters. Wallahi, this is all real. Jinn exist. Jinn can see us. You don't want them to interact with you in a specific way, especially when they are bad jinn or evil jinn. Because by the way, there are Muslim jinn who could be not that good of a Muslim anyway. Right? We have Muslims here, humans, who are not good Muslims. They still do bad things. So evil jinn doesn't necessarily have to be uh, non-Muslim or disbelievers. They still could be Muslims. They're not shayateen because they're Muslims, but they could be bad jinn. I just want you to imagine jinn in terms of like behavior as us, humans. You could have Muslim humans who do really bad things, evil things even. Same thing for the jinn. And you could have very righteous and pious Muslims. Very nice jinn. But if you have a disbeliever jinn who is following Satan, basically, these there is no good in them. So just understand this. The shaitan's ultimate goal is to lead you to hellfire. That's the, the Satan's followers. The ultimate, you know, evil jinn. And even those shayateen, they have categories as well. We're going to get to that in a second. But again... Before taking off your clothes, you don't want the jinn to be, you know, looking at you while you're naked. You you say, uh, Bismillah. Now, before you become intimate with your spouse, and I, I'm not sure if I mentioned this, probably I mentioned it before, but I'll, I'll mention it again. Before you become intimate with your spouse, you have to say, make a dua. You start by saying, Bismillah. Allahumma jannibna shaitan wa jannibna shaitana ma razaqtana. You simply say, Bismillah. Oh Allah. Make us avoid shaitan and make shaitan avoid our progeny. When you are about to become intimate with your spouse, you don't want the shaitan to be in the process. They could be in the process. Now, you won't feel it, but they are enjoying that process in the middle. So, it's freaky. I know it's freaky, but to avoid it. And that's... See, my dear brothers and sisters, this is actually the best way to know that remembering Allah all the time protects you, no matter what. Protection. Protection. You know, before you go to sleep, this is a beautiful hadith, and we'll talk about this hadith in a second. Again, like I said, there are jinn in your house, but you don't want shaitan to sleep next to you. Let me tell you this hadith. One time, the Prophet Sallallahu uh, assigned Abu Huraira. We talked about Abu Huraira in, 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 in the last season. He is the most narrator of hadith ever. And he spent you know, a very short amount of time with the Prophet ﷺ, but that was because he never went anywhere. He was always in the masjid. He narrated so you know, much hadith by the Prophet ﷺ, Abu Huraira. That name is pretty famous. So the, the Prophet ﷺ told him to go and look after the, 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 the Muslim money, the, the zakah money you know, that they gathered from Ramadan so they can spend it on the poor, pay for the poor who are you know, in need. So, you know, they had like money and they had like food and drinks, like all types of good stuff, you know, that will be sent to the poor. So old guy comes in and he steals from that food and then tries to run away, but Abu Huraira catches him. And he said, hey, hey, come here. What are you doing? Are you stealing from, you know, the stuff, you know, that we gathered for the poor, for the poor people? And the guy said, listen, man, I'm, I have a family. I'm struggling. And that's the only way. So Abu Harar said, that's the only... You know what? I'm going to send you to the Prophet ﷺ and he can deal with you himself. 
He said, no, 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 no. I apologize. I'm not going to come. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to have any type of ruling against me. Here you go. He, he put the food back and he left. I'm not going to do this again. And Abu Huraira forgave him. He let him go. Then, you know, Abu Huraira went to the Prophet ﷺ anyway, and he told him, like, listen, this is a big deal. Somebody tried to steal from, from our stuff. So the Prophet ﷺ smiled and he said, I think this guy's going to come back tomorrow. So Abu is like, really? So the Prophet ﷺ said, yes. The next day, Abu Huraira, again, is watching. People are putting stuff. They're adding stuff to it. And Abu Huraira is watching, you know, make sure that everything is in place and, you know, nobody takes from it. And then that guy shows up again. And then he tries to steal. And then Abu Huraira catches him. Hey, the Prophet said you're going to come back. I couldn't believe it. But now this is like, that. you know what? That's it. You're done. I'm taking you to the Prophet and he's going to do. And he said, started, you know, crying. Please don't, don't do this to me. Please, you have no idea how much I need this. I will never do this again. Just let me go. Please. So Abu Huraira lets him go. Feels bad for him. Let's him go. Then Abu Huraira goes to the Prophet again and tells him, and the Prophet smiles again, and he said, you guys, what? He's going to come back tomorrow. So Abu Huraira is like, oh my God, that, that guy again, he's going to come back. Then Abu Huraira comes the next day. Same exact thing. The guy shows up, tries to steal, and Abu Huraira grabs him and he's like, this is it. You're done. I don't care whatever excuse you're going to give me. If, if I don't care, I'm taking you to the Prophet so the the, 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 the the guy says, let me tell you something. I'm going to give you a piece of information about your religion, about Islam, that you've never heard before from the Prophet or anyone. And if I tell you this, you let me go. So Bahar is like, well, who do you think you are? Like, you, you know better than me? I've always, I'm staying next to the Prophet all the time. The guy said, I'm just going to give you some piece of information that I'm telling you this is going to be a very valuable Knowledge, very valuable knowledge. So Abu Huraira gets tempted by, you know, again, Abu Huraira loves knowledge when it comes to Islam. That's his all, you know, that's what he's famous for. So Abu Huraira says, okay, and I'm going to ver verify it, but go ahead. So the guy said, before you go to sleep, every night, recite the ayah or the verse of Kursi. Now, the verse of, of Kursi is a verse in the chapter of Baqarah, one verse. It's a little bit of, not that long of a verse, but it's one verse. Recite Ayatul Kursi, the verse of Kursi, before you go to sleep. So when you're about to go to sleep, recite it. And if shaitan is there, shaitan will fly away. Won't even be near you. Will, will leave the house. Won't come near you. And instead, an angel will sit and guard you until you wake up. That's why the shaitan will run away. Shaitan. By the way, the shaitan hates that verse. They hate that. By the way, this is a trivia question. Actually, very, very useful. I'm gonna give you. I'm, I'm gonna give you a piece of knowledge after this hadith. Let me finish the story, and then I'm gonna give you a really nice piece of knowledge, inshallah. So he said, uh, an angel will sit down and guard you until the morning, and you will be protected. Of course, Abu Huraira never heard this before. He said, I'll let you go, and I'm gonna verify. But if you're lying, and if I ever see you again. And the guy said, I promise you, you won't see me again. And the guy disappeared. Then Abu Huraira, of course, now wants to verify <laughs> this information. So he runs to the Prophet, you know, after, you know, they gather the stuff and whatever. He runs to the Prophet and he tells him, hey, O Prophet of Allah, the guy 
I, I caught him again. I said, I'm going to bring him to you. He was so scared, so he gave me that piece of knowledge. Is it true? Is, is this true, O Prophet of Allah? So the Prophet laughs and he said, Sadaqaka wa huwa kadhub. The liar told you the truth. The guy who keeps lying to you, the, the old guy, the guy who's stealing the, the food, he's a liar. He, but he told you the truth when it comes to this hadith, to this knowledge. It is true. So the Prophet asks Abu Huraira, do you know who that guy was? Abu Huraira? So Abu Huraira said, no, I actually don't. I've never seen him before in town. He goes, that is the shaitan. That's Satan. That's the devil. He transformed into a human being to come and try to corrupt and steal from. And he used to do that, by the way, in the time of the Prophet ﷺ. He literally used to take the form of people. And we talked about this actually in the last season. To ruin the plans of Muslims when they're about to go to war. To, you know, try to get them in trouble. He used to do that physically. He used to physically become a human being and do things like that. So the Prophet said, yeah, that was the shaitan. He told you something against himself. Because he knows. Because how did he know? He knows that fact. He knows that he cannot be in a place that, you know, the people in it recited uh, the, the the verse of Kursi. He would fly away. He knows that. He told you the truth because it happens to him. Abu was shocked. That was shaitan. I grabbed shaitan three times. SubhanAllah. It's a beautiful story and a very authentic hadith. This is 100% happened and verified in old books of Sirah. Uh, now, so this is interesting. So now you get the knowledge from Shaitan himself, from the devil himself, that if you recite Ayatul Kursi before you go to sleep every single night, Shaitan won't come near you while you're asleep, and instead you will be guarded by an angel until the morning. Now, the piece of information that I also want to add to you guys that I I, I, I promised that I, I was going to give you after the story was. Uh, Shayateen, the devils, they hate the chapter of Baqarah. It's the most hated chapter to them. As a matter of fact, when you recite or when you play on your phone or whatever the device you use, the, the chapter of Baqarah a lot in the house, they they fly away, they flee. Even if they were from the dwellers, they, they can't stand it. It hurts them physically. And this is, you know, according to Allah's wisdom, they hate the chapter of Baqarah. And they hate specifically the verse of Kursi. But they hate the chapter of Baqarah as a whole. That's why it is known that if you, for example, move into a new place that had non-Muslims you know, before, before you or had nobody before you, uh, you're supposed to recite the chapter of Baqarah for three days. So you can get rid of all the evil jinn out of that place. Or make it, or play it, you know, like play it uh, at least, you know, once a day for three days. Or preferably continuously for three days. It, it, again, it's up to you. As, as much as you can, you play the chapter of Baqarah or you recite it yourself in any new place that you move into. Uh, and that's a sunnah, actually. Uh, so the, here you go. So now, you know, the most hated chapter. To the shayateen, to the devils, is the chapter of Baqarah, which makes it a very special chapter. And it is indeed a very special chapter that we should, you know, memorize as much as we can from it. I know it's a very, it's the longest chapter, 
but we can memorize a lot. Like, you know, there's a lot of beautiful verses. You know, the last, uh, actually, two verses of, of, of that chapter are very blessed that if you recite them uh, also before you go to sleep, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses your life in a very special way and gives you whatever you're you know, looking for or whatever you're hoping if it's good for you. So this is like a dua and it is actually a dua. You know, starting from Amana Rasulu Bima Unzila Mu'minun up until the end of, of, of the chapter. So again, I don't want to confuse you. Recite the, the Ayatul Kursi before you go to sleep. It's a sunnah, so the shaitan will not come near you. Uh, uh, and if you want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless you with you know so many things uh, in a very special way, you can recite the last two verses from the chapter of Baqarah uh, as well before you go to sleep, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shall give you you know a lot of blessings, inshaAllah. Now, let's go back to you know uh, our um, you know our topic, the the, the, the dwellers, the, the jinn amr. Now, they also one of the things, the rules that you should follow is before you go to the bathroom, there is actually a rule before you go to the bathroom. I'm pretty sure a lot of you know, but let's, you know, for those who don't, who don't know, for those who are, you know, it's fuzzy to them. You should enter your bathroom. But now, chayatin, the, the, the evil of the jinn, the devils, they love to live in filthy spots, filthy places. And the filthiest place, hopefully the filthiest place in our homes are the bathrooms. This is where we, you know, uh, get out the filth of our out of our body and all these things, so they live there. The evil jinn, they live. They, that's their spot. That's their room. That's their hangout area, basically. So, rest assured that when you go into the bathroom, they they live there. The bad the bad jinn. So before you go to, into the bathroom, you first of all you you go into the bathroom with your uh, left foot. You enter the bathroom with your left foot. And you say a very short and specific dua. You say, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-khubthi wal-khaba'ith. Oh Allah, I seek refuge. Oh Allah, protect me, basically, from the evil male and female jinn. Khubth wal-khaba'ith are the male and female evil jinn. So again, if you can't say this in Arabic, hopefully you can say it in Arabic and learn to make dua in Arabic, but trust me, making dua in your own language is this has the same effect? Don't because I I've heard very minor you know opinion out there, not even not even clo- like it's very minor. We're saying you should make dua, recite dua in 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 Arabic. No, Quran should be recited in Arabic, not dua dua. If you cannot speak Arabic, recite it in your own language. So I'm giving you the translation now. You say, Oh Allah, protect me from the evil. Male and female jinn. That's all you have to say. Allah protect me from the evil male and female jinn. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al wal khabath. You enter the bathroom with your left, uh, your left foot, and when you exit the bathroom, you exit with your right foot, and you say Ghufranak, Oh Allah, forgive me. That's a very short dua. Like really, you always say Ghufranak or Allah. You know, grant me your forgiveness. So forgive me, and you leave, uh, exit the bathroom with your right foot. Now, during your stay in the bathroom, that, that whatever you're doing in the bathroom, do not mention the name of Allah, nor have anything like uh, your phone has you know reciting Quran or whatever. Do not take Quran with you to the bathroom. It's the filthiest place. 
So Allah's name should not be mentioned in the filthiest place in the house. Uh, and you know, you shouldn't do anything related to that religion in the bathroom. Do not watch religious videos where they mention the name of Allah. Do you understand what I'm saying? So this is a filthy place. You should get out of it as, as, as fast as you can. Uh, because again, like I said, the evil jinn, they live there. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's again, uh, you shouldn't, again, there's a, a large opinion. If you have, a, for example, uh, a chain that has the name of Allah, take it off before you go into the bathroom. Because again, saying the name of Allah, having something that has the name of Allah in the bathroom is not a befitting thing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So here you go. That's when it comes to the bathroom. So now we talked about almost all the aspects. I think all the aspects from entering your home. Eating your food and drinking, you know, whatever water or drinks you have. How to deal with that when it comes to jinn. Saying the name of Allah. And by the way, guys, it's not difficult. It, wallahi, if you think about it, it's remembering Allah's name. Most most of it is saying Bismillah, Bismillah, Bismillah in everything you do. Taking off your clothes, going to sleep, you know, going to the bathroom. Very simple. Wallahi, it's very simple. Remember Allah because Allah is the one who grants you protection. You don't protect yourself from the jinn or anything or other humans. It's Allah's protection that you are seeking and you should seek. Now, so that is the first type of jinn, which is the jinn amr, like we said, the dwellers. The second types of the jinn is, is jinn al-arwah or the spirits. The spirits, they're called the spirits. It's not human spirits. Do not mix these things. There's, by the way, uh, for those of you who do not know, in Islam we don't believe in any anything such as ghosts. There's no su- such thing as ghosts. When you die, you die. There's no such thing as a soul floating in a house, and you know they're haunting a house. A soul, a human soul, does not haunt anything after they die. They go back to Allah. So the, 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 the notion that there are souls haunting places and, you know, ghosts are everywhere or in specific areas, Islam 100% uh, contradicts this, you know, theory or this, this, the, these tales. There's no such thing as ghosts. Once we die, and we're going to talk about it, inshallah, when we get to the topic of death, our souls go back to Allah. Allah does not allow the souls to, you know, haunt people and watch people and, you know, follow them. That doesn't happen. So that's another thing, you know, on the bright side. Anything supernatural that happened, and there are things that happen in certain homes, rest assured these are jinn. They're not souls. They're not ghosts of other people. So when you die, you die. That's it. Your soul does not wander in this, this world. doesn't happen. Now, Let's go back to the spirits. So that when we call spirits, it's just their name, their their category. They call spirits. Their spirits is is they are actually the least harmful type of jinn. They just bother little kids. I'm not even joking. These are what we call in today's world imaginary friends. When kids, you see them talking to their friend. Oh, we have this friend. Oh, we talk. That's actually spirits. Um, not, not all the time. Some kids, they actually make up, you know, some imaginary friends. Not every kid who will have it. I'm just saying, when kids are actually talking to someone, 
And I don't want to freak you out, but don't worry. They are the least harmful. They just bother kids. They just distract them. You know, they, 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 when you see kids looking at some of them or whatever, these are spirits of the jinn. They are literally the least harmful type of jinn. So they are they're the least powerful. They don't have a lot of powers, you know, and they are easygoing. They just, again, like they're, they're assigned to just bother little kids. So t- even that there is a solution for, by the way, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created a solution for even the least of, you know, the powerful jinn, which is to do something called a ruqya. I'm pretty sure a lot of you are familiar with ruqya, but ruqya is basically using the Quran to heal. Using the Quran to heal people. Now, that does not mean that every disease or every issue that we have will be healed instantly with Quran. No. Quran sometimes heal certain things that we cannot heal using doctors and medicine. By the way, Islam doesn't tell us to ignore medicine in any way, shape, or form. That is actually very untrue. Ruqya is done to heal the soul mostly, you know, to heal the brain when you have a mental issue, whatever. And and, and sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes Allah wants you to seek medical help. So we seek medical help while doing a ruqya. These two do not contradict in any way, shape, or form, right? But for this situation to basically protect our children from the, the, those spirits, the, 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 that type of jinn, you simply do perform a ruqya, which basically is very simple. It's as simple as this. Your child, before they go to sleep or when they wake up or at any time of the day, you know, you put your hand on your, it's a ritual that doesn't, you know, you could just, you know, hold them in your arm and recite Quran with the intention that this is a ruqya on them. Or put your hand on their head and recite Quran. It's, again, the Prophet used to do that. So it's not a, a weird ritual. That's the kasunnah to do that. You, you put your hand on, on their head, on their forehead, and you, for example, recite the Fatiha, the first chapter, with the intention of their protection. You recite the, the last three chapters, which are very short. You know, the قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ الْفَلَقِ قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ and قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ Like the, the, the three uh, the last three chapters in the Quran, chapter number, you know, one twelve, one thirteen, uh, and one fourteen. So uh, again, you could recite any piece of Quran that you know, with the intention of protecting them, and you make du'a to, Oh Allah, protect my child. Oh Allah, keep him safe. That's it. That's all you have to do, you know, to keep him safe from you know. Uh, the jinn or anything uh, you know mentally or anything you know from you know self-wise or anything you know um, uh, soul-wise you you are doing your best and you do what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded us to do and the sunnah that Allah that the Prophet sallam, you know used to do do the ruqya on them and inshallah they shall be protected simple so that is the spirits here you go the solution is very simple do the ruqya that's it case closed now let's talk about the third category, um, which is the evil jinn. Now we talked about the dwellers; they could be good, they could be bad. You know. Uh, now we we talked about the spirits; those who bother little kids, they're not that powerful. Now let's talk about the powerful evil jinn, the shayateen. So, shayateen, the shaitan, which is the devil, literally the devil. They. Uh, are the actually here's the crazy part they are when, when you talk about the evil jinn they are the smallest rank 
the lowest rank. Now, shaitan is evil, but if you want to go further now, the higher rank when it comes to, you know, being evil is marid, M-A-R-E-D, marid. Mentioned in multiple hadith by the Prophet So the second rank, the more highest, the, the next higher rank is the marid. The most evil, there's actually a third rank when it comes to being evil, which is Ifrit. Ifrit is the most evil. And Ifrit actually is mentioned in the Quran. You know, Ifritum min al jinni, qala tika bi'arshiha. Like when, uh, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, made the jinn uh, work for Prophet Solomon, Sulaiman. Ifrit said, I'm going to bring you the throne of that woman that her people worship, you know, her or worship the sun without Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's a whole story about it. But Ifrit is mentioned in the Quran and mentioned in the hadith too. So now you have shaitan, evil. More evil is married. More evil is Ifrit. So you have three ranks. And the big boss who doesn't die has been there since the days of adam peace be upon him is satan himself iblis so iblis is the leader by the way satan is one is, is a one individual one jinn one single leader there's no multiple satans here it's only one satan shayateen are multiple his followers and you know again from the lowest rank so shayateen is the lowest rank Marid is the highest, the, the, high, the next higher rank. And then the highest rank when it comes to, you know, being evil jinn is the Afrit. And then those all report to Satan himself. So that's, you know, your, uh, your evil jinn. Very simple. Uh, now let's talk about uh, our final category, number four, which is the companion. What we call the companion. The companion, which is Qareen, what we call Qareen, is our companion from the jinn. There is a companion that is assigned to us for every single human being. When you are born, you're assigned a companion of like two companions. One from the angels, one from the jinn or the evil jinn, the, the shayatan, the shayateen. So again, when you are born, you are assigned a companion from the angels who basically whispers to you good things tries to make you do good things and contrast like to, to you know contrasting that or you know opposite of that you are also assigned a companion from the evil jinn a shaitan qarin qala qarinuhu min al jinni allah mentioned this straight up from the quran his companion from the jinn said and then allah continues the rest of the verse now your companion will always be there and that's your you're one-on-one shaitan right there. And they run, by the way, the Prophet ﷺ said, that companion is not like standing on your shoulder, like, you know, they show the movies and or pop up like out of, uh, you know, nowhere and they, they're walking or flying next to you. No, they, are, they run. That companion runs in our bloodstreams. Can you imagine? Our bloodstream, that companion runs inside of our bloodstream. And they whisper from within us. They whisper to us to do bad things from within. So now, that companion, sole job is to do what? We already mentioned this, to lead you to hellfire. 
But if you're too powerful for them, your iman, your faith is too powerful for them to go to hellfire, okay, they'll take the next best thing. Make you commit as major sins as possible. As major sins as possible. They can't make you disbelieve. They'll make you commit major sins. Now, again, to, to, to battling that is your companion from the angels who always whisper to you good things. And sometimes when you're about to do something bad, you hear that, you know, that voice in your head saying, don't do it. It's not worth it. Don't do that. Allah is fair. Allah gave you the good companion, the bad companion. The choice is up to you. Who do you listen to? That is our test, my dear brothers and sisters. For those of you who are wondering, what is the purpose of life? This is it. Adam and Eve failed in the first test, in their initial test. But Allah forgave them. We do not believe in original sin. Okay. Allah is willing to give us other, uh, you know, a second chance if we pass the second test, which is this life. And Allah gave us the tools. He gave us prophets and messengers and guidance. And he gave us a companion from the good. But now the test is, he will also enable the companion from the evil jinn, which is a follower of Satan, like what Satan did to Adam and Eve. Also, you have one of his followers doing the same thing, whispering to you to do the bad things. And Allah now, that's your test. Here you go. Allah told you the truth. Allah told you who you should follow. And Allah left it up to your choice. So that's the job of a companion. And by the way, here's the crazy part. On the day of judgment, you will be brought in in front of Allah with your companions. Be careful. You will be brought in with your companions in front of Allah. And guess what? Your companion from the jinn, from the evil jinn, you know what, what, what he were or she, whatever, it will say, Oh Allah, I only whispered, gave him ideas. I didn't force him to do anything. Well, imagine this. <laughs> the first to bail on you, the first to be like, uh, to throw you under the bus on the day of judgment is that companion. Oh Allah, I just whispered. Wallahi, this is what happens. Authentic hadith. And in, it's mentioned in the Quran. They're going to tell, tell Allah, Oh Allah, I only whispered to them. I didn't force him. I didn't take his hand or his leg or her hand or her leg. I didn't push them to do. I didn't drag them to do. They did it themselves. They listened to me. I only just told them, hey, how about this? And they went through with it. So Allah, it's not my fault. They committed the sin. I just gave the idea. I did not commit the sin with them. I did not force them to commit the sin. Imagine. So beware of that. Think about that. When you're about to commit a sin, that number one, it's coming from the evil companion. Well, our nafs, by the way, ourself is evil as well. We mentioned this in the episode of Ramadan. Ourself is evil as well. But what beautified that sin to you is who? Is that companion. It will keep beautifying that sin. Oh, look at that. Oh, you can do whatever you want. Oh, those temptations are so beautiful. And you listen to them. And you make yourself weakened against them. And you eventually commit the sin. Now on the day of judgment, when Allah talks about that sin, the companions say, look, Allah, they, he or she, they did it. Not me. I didn't force them. I just gave them an idea and they went with it. That means they're evil. Ah, Allah, don't put me in hellfire. Put them. Can you imagine? <laughs> it's crazy. 
actually, and but I don't want to talk about that. Actually, I want to leave that to the day of judgment. But actually, Satan will have a sermon. There will be a speech in hellfire because he and his companions, of course, will go to hellfire. And he will actually have a speech to the people of hellfire, humans and jinn as well. And in that speech, I'm going to summarize it now. He's going to say, oh, people of hellfire, I did not bring you here. You brought yourselves here. I only showed you the way and I only whispered things to you and you were too weak. And you came here yourselves, which is true. By the way, he's not lying at this point. He's not lying. He only whispered and told you, oh, do it. And you were like, okay, I'll do it. Allah would never punish you for something that you didn't do willingly. Guess what? Every sin we commit is willingly. Some, some sins, of course, are not. And Allah knows that. But I'm talking about the ones that we commit knowing it. You know, let's do this. Not forced. Do you understand? So, yeah. Your companion will be the first to bail on you and to say, Oh Allah, I'm sorry, but he or she, they did it, not me. SubhanAllah. So that is the final category. So now we talked about, you know, the, the dwellers of, of our homes, the Amir, the spirits, those who bother the little kids, uh, the, the evil jinn, the shayateen, and the individual jinn, the companion, Al-Qareen, which is also evil. Uh, and uh, so that you know, these were the types of jinn that we should again be, uh, you know, be, 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 be you know aware of that their their existence because we need to know how to deal with each and every one of them. We talked about how to, literally we talked about how to deal with each and every one of them. You know, the dwellers, how to eat, how to drink, how to sleep, and all these things. The spirits, how to do ruqya. The evil jinn, we already Allah gave us like you know, seek Allah's refuge. And always say, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Rajim. By the way, always seek Allah's refuge from Shaitan. If you can't say it in Arabic, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Rajim. By the way, you say it before you read Quran anyway, but if you cannot even say that in Arabic, say it in English. Oh Allah, I seek refuge in you from Shaitan. A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Rajim. And now, don't think that this word automatically will protect you. You have to do the work yourself. Meaning what? You have to do good, you have to pray. You have to be a good believer. You have to try at least. Like, don't ignore praying and say, Allah, protect me from shaitan and his whisperings. And No. It doesn't work like that. You have to work for it. Allah is not asking you to be perfect. We mentioned this a billion times on this podcast. Allah is not expecting you to be, you know, to be perfect. Allah knows we're not perfect. But Allah expects you to try your best. Seek Allah's refuge. Ask Allah for you know, uh, forgiveness. Ask Allah to protect us and to protect you from hellfire. Seek Allah's, you know, protection from uh, from shayateen, from the shaitan. And, you know, work for it. Read Quran. Do these things on a daily basis. And Allah, inshallah, shall protect you from, you know, from the shayateen and from eventually those shayateen leading you to hellfire. We don't want that. Because this is a battle now. It's literally a battle. Their goal is to send us to hellfire. Their sole purpose here on earth. Like, our sole purpose is to go to paradise, right? That's why we should, you know, pass the second test. That's the purpose of life. Their purpose of life is not to go to paradise. It's to drag us into hellfire with them. They already know. 
Yeah, by the way, the, the word Iblis, and I think I mentioned this before, Iblis comes from the word Balasa, which means despaired from Allah's mercy. He already knows he's not going to paradise. He's not even trying. So what is he trying now? Drag us to hellfire with them. That's their sole purpose. It's, it's war. It's an eternal war until the day of judgment, believe it or not. Don't let them win that war. Do your best, and we are allowed to make mistakes. But try to recover fast from those mistakes. I make mistakes. Don't think me sitting here and, you know, uh, teaching you a little bit more about Islam and sharing my knowledge makes me, there's no such thing as a perfect human being. We all make mistakes. But you know who's, you know, the best of us? Those who realize their mistake, ask Allah for forgiveness, and recover. Go back to the straight path. Then, later on, you will make mistakes again. Then you repent. Then you ask Allah for guidance, for you know, forgiveness. And you go back. And that's how we should live our lives. Until we minimize the number of mistakes we make, and we die upon not making those mistakes. That is the soul. That's how we win this war. Do not let them win this war. Because if you ignored Allah's mercy, if you despaired like Satan despaired, like Allah's not going to forgive me. I made so much, you know, so much. So much. I, I did so much. I did so many mistakes. I committed so many sins. It's, it's Allah won't forgive me. Do not ever say that. Don't think that there is a sin bigger than Allah's forgiveness. There's none. As long as you ask for forgiveness. Even shirk, by the way. Even if you commit shirk. Again, if you repent from committing shirk and you believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and follow his messenger then Allah forgives that. Now, dying upon shirk is a different case. Allah does not forgive that. And Allah told us this many times in the Quran. But I'm saying, if you committed shirk, and in your lifetime before you died, you realized that mistake and you asked for Allah's forgiveness and you became a believer in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah forgave There's no sin bigger than Allah's forgiveness as long as you ask for forgiveness. And that's how we win this war. Because we fall into temptations. We listen to them many times. You know, occasionally we do. So how do we, how do we, there's no way that we can't, you know, prevent them from whispering. That's the whole test. That's the whole purpose of life. That is our test. So what are you going to do? You're going to prevent them from talking to us? You can't. So what are you going to do? Try not to follow them. And if you do, you go and you, you know, course correct uh, yourself and you, you know, Put yourself back, you know, on the right path. And that's it. That's it. So I hope, to, you know, today we learned, uh, you know, a thing or two from, you know, the types of jinn and how do we deal with them. And inshallah, we will continue, uh, you know, inshallah, the next episode uh, talking about uh, the series is where uh, it's going to take a few episodes, inshallah, to end the series. But inshallah, hopefully that this is something that as ex- it's exciting, but at the same time, very beneficial for us to learn. Thank you so much for listening. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.